0: Welcome to Pondering with Peg, episode 19. Tonight's episode is being recorded at Parastudy in Chester Heights, PA. Tonight, my guest is Rob Robinson, who will talk to us about forgiveness. Rob has been a student of metaphysics since the 1970s and a meditator for over 30 years. He has received instruction in Ananda Marga meditation, Transcendental meditation, and Tibetan meditation and has been practicing a form of forgiveness meditation for over a year. Robert's parents were both para-study members in the 60s, so he grew up with discussions of reincarnation, the spiritual and the paranormal around me. He has an education in psychology and has human service administration and counseling training as part of graduate school of his graduate school. Rob is an experienced instructor and facilitator and has taught workshops on communications and technical skills for employers. Currently, Rob spends his time as a retired human service worker and manager in the field of workforce development, assisting job centers to help job seekers and employers to get people back to work. Rob will be holding a class at Paris Study called Forgiveness in Your Life Review. This class will be held on December 2nd and December 9th. Rob, I will hand the microphone over to you to give us some information on forgiveness in your life review and forgiveness meditation.
1: Oh, thanks a lot. I'll first just say it's a real privilege to be here. And I just want to send greetings, especially out to folks who are listening to this at a different time and in a different place. And we're just blessed with having the opportunity to have recorded uh, information like this available to us. Um, Years ago, the only way to get it was a book or somebody you had to talk to. Now we've got plenty of other resources, which why I will mention those as we go. So I'm not trying to um, sell any website or any web page, but I will mention some resources out there if you are interested. So I basically uh, had learned about reincarnation from being around my parents and then being around power study. Part of that was listening to stories about people who after they passed away or technically died, had experiences, let's say, beyond the physical. Experiences where they came back and reported that they had seen a tunnel of light, gone through it, met uh, family members that had been deceased, but that at some point after that, they were given an opportunity to view their life, almost like a movie. And if you are into movies, there's a film called Defending Your Life that actually has sort of a simulation of this where people watch their lives on a movie screen, but they say it's a lot like that. And as part of that process, they go through it and find out things that they did to other people, things that other people did to them, and come out at the other end with a sense of what happen in their life, what did they learn, where did they have some successes, where did they have some challenges that they might want to work on, and many people come out with a sort of a laundry list, sort of a developmental bucket list of things they know they still want to work on. The second part of that, besides what would be called a near-death experience, which I just described, and that's where someone t- is clinically dead and ha- continues to have experiences and comes back and reports this, using regression hypnosis, people have been brought back into previous lifetimes. And most interestingly, uh, I believe uh, Michael Newton in particular has books where he talks about people's in-between lifetimes experiences. And once again, we run into after death, people report uh, a memory of reviewing their lives. But this time, not only of things they did, but specifically, how it felt to the other person. So, if you've done something nasty, you get to go through it as that other person feeling their feelings and experiencing uh, any physical uh, pain that, that you might have been the cause of. Again, a deeper experience of it. Plenty experiential for my my taste, imagine doing that. Well, that kind of really struck me about what would I, what, not just what I would be facing, but what anybody deals with. And I thought, you know, what, what if I did a review before I died? And taking what we know about what happens in between your lives, maybe that must be something good, we'll find out. I retired a couple years back, and the first thing I did after doing all my paperwork uh, for being old and being retired, which takes some time, was basically to go and read up where I could on the internet, there's YouTube topics, you search for life review, Search for life review NDE. That's near death experience. You could find it either way, and you will find some folks that will recount for you this near death experience. The other thing is just to search on life review, and you could you could search for life review in between lives or life review after life. And again, that's where I'm saying you can find more you know about it. But I got the basic gist of it. And I'll give you a sense of something you can do right now. Just relax for a second. I'd like you just to go back, eyes open, please. Just go back in your own memory for the earliest point in time you can remember in your own life. I'm going to give the audience here a chance to go back and see if you can. What's the earliest memory you have of of this life that you have right now? And if you got something, just give me some kind of hint. Anybody? I remember being very shy and running away from people, mm-hmm. like even my family members. Was very mm-hmm. shy. Where where were you when this happened? Um, outside somewhere. Outside somewhere near your house. Mm-hmm. When you're and about how old do you think you were? Three or four. Three or four. Okay, got it. And how about did you have one? Early memory. Mine's kind of short. It's short, just, okay. It's kind of just like opening my eyes and like
0: seeing sunlight.
1: All right, got it. Well, just opening your eyes and seeing sunlight. An interview may have your own. Now, what, why do we do this? Basically, the the idea is that inside of you, you have a vast amount of memories. You may not remember it all, and I think it's good to do it before you get too old and forget a lot of it. I joke about it, but I have to tell you, <laughs> memory's not that good as you really get older. But the other trick is to write it down. So I, I started a real cheap journal just with blank paper. I wrote down zero to one, one to two. And when I got old enough, I started writing down grades. And I just went through them, you know, going, with, go, going to the beginning. Of, what's the very earliest time I can remember in grade school? Because We didn't have kindergarten back then, for me at least. And what's the earliest thing I can remember? And then what happened? And as I would go through, I would ask myself, are there any situations that I still uh, have some concerns about? Or is there anything that, that happened to me that, that, I, that I want to look at? And I would begin to remember different incidents with people. Do you think there's anything back in your memories that you're still concerned about? Anybody? Do you think you might be? I'm not asking for what they are, but do you think you may have stuff from mm-hmm. Yeah. We carry a lot of stuff with us that's still there. So doing some more reviewing, I began to populate my timeline, so to speak, with lots and lots of incidents with people. An example, one when I was five, I uh, was outside in my neighborhood, and a a friend of mine, at least he was a friend at that point, uh, told me about something that happened to him. It happened to be something that happened to me too. And I said the words, well, welcome to the club. Because I'd heard the adults around there using that, and it means like, okay, that happened to me too. But Heath flew into a rage that he wasn't going to join any clubs, he doesn't believe in that, he doesn't want to be a member of any club I'm in, and he became like hysterical. Now, remember, I'm five. What else have I seen? Well, I've seen that when somebody really gets hysterical, what are you supposed to do?
0: Slap them. Slap them. (laughs) At least that's what you see on television.
1: I slapped him really good. He fell over, he acted like I shot him, not slapped him, <laughs> and you know held his face and i you know I thought i didn't even know what first day was, but i what have I done? He ran back in his house, I seldom him, saw him, I mean like seldom saw him ever mm-hmm. which you know now, what do you think he's carrying around? What do you think i'm carrying around now there's a lot more serious stuff that's happened. Some of us have been in neighborhoods, I'm originally from Philly. I grew up in West Philly for a while, seen a lot of uh, violence on the streets, at least in my own little kid mind, of stuff that I couldn't believe I was seeing. Moved out to the suburbs, okay, now it's different. But I just have to say that I know people walking around with serious uh, traumatic experiences, abuse, anybody that's been in the military. Some of us are carrying things that are pretty intense, but for, for my situation, I had accumulated a number of things that I wanted to go back I regretted what things I have done. I uh, was um, upset about things people did to me, and I was still kind of carrying them around, coming to the end here of this part. So in a life review, we accumulated a bunch of stuff that that we still were carrying around with us. How could I deal with it? I started looking about the idea of forgiveness. And I found, I tried to forgive these, these people, the ones that did stuff to me. Really nothing happened, because I said like, very powerfully, I forgive you. And I still felt a lot of resentment. So now I'm I'm sure I have resentment and regret, walking around with that. Continued to look, now I'm back into YouTube, and I'm looking up forgiveness, and I run across something called forgiveness meditation. Let me say that again, forgiveness meditation. It's a good search topic. Turns out, there's a bunch of techniques, and I mean like a good half dozen to maybe... 10, or 11, or 12, that are different ways of forgiving people. And my reason for sharing this with you is the idea, which some of the lectures brought out, was that if you don't really forgive people, that you'll be carrying around what happened that day forever. And as the fact that we can recover stuff in past lives, you're really carrying it along kind of like as you go. And it continues to still upset you. If you can even pick one of them in your own mind right now. One of the things you're still upset about. Maybe it happened in grade school. You can muster pretty much some negative energy around it. And it happened 20 years ago or more or less. So the idea is you can deal with some negative emotions by doing what's called forgiveness meditation. My reason for uh, turning it into a presentation is I had never heard about it, heard of forgiveness. But most of us don't get any really clear instructions. So there's a type of forgiveness meditation that you'll find where you have guided meditation. It goes something like, you know, you have to realize that these people, you know, were doing the best they could at the time, and they tried, but they did something that they thought would be good for them, but it wasn't so good for you, and now the time has come to let it go. and. And they play music and they give a scenario maybe maybe you, they see, you see them walking off into the sunset and you're you know dropping of all your baggage or symbolic kind of stuff that would be like a, a, a meditation involving guided imagery so you could see guided imagery forgiveness meditation another one that is interesting is forgiveness meditation where you are presented with a longer scenario where you do different things. I, one of them was pretty amazing where you actually kind of, um, well, let the anger build up, which I don't recommend, and just sort of let it all go as sort of like a stream of energy towards them. They kind of zapped the people that did things to you. And then in the imagery, you bring them back and they're forgiven and you're telling and they're forgiven. There's all different types out there. The one that I happen to latch onto was a form of forgiveness meditation. It was done by an American guy who became a monk. But I'm, I want to explain that If you decide to check this out, everything's in plain English and, and I can understand the accent. No offense to anybody, but it's easier to be able to understand what people are saying. And not a lot of foreign words, uh, You know, not a lot of Sanskrit, not a lot of things that you have to memorize, just basically instructions on how to, one, forgive yourself. I forgive myself for not understanding what I should have done in that situation. But here's the key. You repeat it like a mantra and listen to it. You forgive yourself first. I forgive myself for not understanding what I should have been doing there. And as you do it and repeat it, it has an effect, just like all kinds of repetition. But you're repeating almost like an affirmation, but it's about forgiveness, letting go. Understand you did the best you could. You didn't know what you were doing at that time. Or you did form an evil intent and that you know that was wrong. Now, so they they spend time showing you how to forgive yourself. Then, how do you forgive other people for things that they did to you? Basically, the same thing where you're picking one person and in one incident and repeating it. And as you repeat it, it starts. Your feelings start to change. You actually will know when it was. It would be reduced enough for you to actually have a conversation with somebody. Not that you have to go do that. I recommend that you only try this on smaller incidents or medium size and not anything um, combat related or uh, physically traumatic, uh, nothing that involves severe violence. And I just know that I know there's people carrying that around. That is more one on one work with somebody who's been trained in that. This is more for people that you are that you are willing and ready to really um, uh, forgive. So the third one, and then we're coming to, sort of toward an end of this, is forgiving yourself for things you did to yourself. A big thing in our paranormal and our metaphysical and our new age and our whatever you want to call it is, oh, you have to love yourself. Like well, I got to tell you, when I retired, I didn't love myself. And apparently one of the other keys is you're carrying a lot of resentments and upset about things that you did wrong. That's a big one that gets in the way when you try to go like, oh, I love myself. I love myself. I'm a jerk. I can document that, so I'd be lying to myself. But once you go through the forgiveness process, you can reduce that. Okay. So where would you find it? Well, in YouTube, you could find it under forgiveness meditation. You could use the the, uh, the, the first name of the teacher is Bonte. I'll spell it B as in boy, H as in Harry, A as in apple n as in nancy t as in tango e as in echo bonte and forgiveness meditation he's got a bunch of them i recommend looking at the shortest ones you can find i always do that on youtube look at the shortest versions first and then if if, I, if it's helpful I'll, I'll go longer but he has a five minute and nine minute version of it and i'm just sharing it with you also as a book it's like only 70 pages now i don't represent them i'm just telling you but i also have to share with you if you have an issue you want to do forgiveness with. This may not be the one for you. I have seen any of the types work and not work for people, and it shocked me. I just assumed that you know everybody would go for the the uh, meditation there that was guided meditation. Has anybody ever done guided meditation? Okay, mm-hmm. what kind of meditation did you do?
0: Um, every type. There. Oh, every type is. Yeah. So, like right. um.
1: Gratitude. Gratitude. um, Peace. Peace. I am affirmations. Mm -hmm. How did that work for you? Very well. Okay. So that's an example where someone got a a lot out of doing guided meditations and affirmations. Anybody else do any kind of other meditation?
0: Forgiveness.
1: Forgiveness? Okay, great.
0: I've tried a few and some don't work for me. Right. I did find one that had... uh, Native, it was Native American drums right. um, in, the, in, in the meditation, and that worked really well for me, where others don't work for me at all.
1: Right. So what I would share with you is, I've, I've taught classes in this and just been shocked by people who, you can't figure out which one they're going to go for, but the key is, and the real message, don't give up. There's there's an Hawaiian version out there if you like Hawaiian sound it's based on Hawaiian Hawaiian word, and it's very pleasant to say. Um, I, I, it didn't do it for me, but I have people who really like you know they carry the word around with them, so it's uh, it's good to know that it's out there. Here's another interesting thing, in one of the faith traditions, see if you remember which one it was. The the teacher is asked. How many times should we forgive somebody? And the answer is, of course, Jesus said seven times 70. Now, that's really funny because it's a lot of repetition. And I'm going to tell you, it's about the number that you happen to hit, which I thought was no coincidence, but who knows. Something happens when you repeat forgiveness. If you're telling your mind over and over again, I think you're kind of like actually adjusting your attitude. You're actually adjusting your feelings. And people tell you. You got to repent. You got to change your mind. You got there are techniques that shamans knew, that priests knew, that all sorts of people knew. These mental techniques can work, but they won't always work for everyone. And if it doesn't work for you, all I would encourage you to do is don't give up. Try something else, as you move on. And it's all been it's something that's been around for a long time. This particular method, the teacher uh, Bonte, B H A N T E claims, I say claims because I don't know for a fact, is that he went back and looked in the very early writings of Buddhism. Now, I like Buddhism, but there's a challenge in Buddhism. They have 2,000 years of books. That's a lot of printed material out there. He dug around and found early versions of forgiveness meditation, that's what he says he based it on, it seems to work. But there's two other things I share with you that might be of interest. One is, there's a way to do it while walking, eyes open in a safe place with straight lines available and you can walk and kind of time it, you know, I forgive, you know, Joe for being an idiot in the bar and, you know, whatever it would be. And you do it until you feel that it it, uh, has uh, changed your feelings towards them. Is it everything is a total answer? No. But for me, we're, we're in the Philadelphia area and like a lot of metropolitan areas, we have total snarl traffic at times. I find it helps with road rage. Apparently, you can start this meditation at the instant you start to feel anger coming up. Anybody ever have a physical t- a sensation when anger starts? What kind of, who can tell me what kind of sensation do you get? Chest tightening. Chest tightening. Mm. And tightening's a very interesting word. They, they talk about that's one of the things that you're working in opposite to is tightening. That feeling tightening, and I'm, I'm pointing at my, my forehead. But in different parts of your body, we experience feelings as physical uh, parts of our our cells changing. You're driving along, somebody cuts you off. You just begin to think, "What a stupid, blanking idiot!" And you start to get upset. Instead, you start with your meditation right away. I forgive this person for being such an idiot. But if you don't actually use those, So I forgive this person for not <laughs> knowing how to drive. No, I forgive this person for making a mistake while they drove, and just keep saying that. Eyes open, you can drive. It's not dangerous but i found that it puts the brakes on anger. So it works pretty good with family members that drive you crazy. So I share that that's real. It, it's, it's a, it has a breaking effect on real live anger starting to come up, where counting a 10 doesn't do much. So I, I have to give the, the Buddhists their, their, their props on that. So in the class that we're gonna do, and many of you would not be here, but I, that's why I'm encouraging you to check it out for yourself. A couple of tidbits, one, Forgiveness is actually kind of a thing. There's actually a Forgiveness Institute out on the Internet with more than you could possibly read about forgiveness. For those of you that are carrying serious stuff around, I recommend looking at some of their stuff. And there are, there's some information that would help you in seeing how you could work with a professional to go back and work on incidents and work on anger and, and deal with it. It's hard stuff. It's tough individual work. But for the, I'm going to say sort of the small stones and medium-sized boulders that we want to get rid of, we want to deal with, this is a technique that may be helpful to you. And so the purpose of the presentation was to just give an introduction to how you can use a uh, record of your life, things that have bothered you, and actually work through them. It took me almost a year to get through all the stuff that I could remember. I do feel better about it. I've seen a couple of people since then. I don't have the same visceral reaction where I wanna run over there and punch their face. And other things, I have a a couple of family members where I've done some stuff that I regretted in terms of judging them out loud and calling them names and bullying them frankly when I was a little kid, that I can actually, I I don't have that gut-wrenching flip-flop that happens when I would normally run into them at a family event. Not perfect, but it's a tool you might wanna consider using a life review and forgiveness meditation something you might want to check out and does anybody have any questions or comments any anything at all related to what we talked about
0: well i'm i'm assuming and that if we work on ourselves now do our life review now we start to not only help what has been done in the past or what we've done or what others have done to us but it helps us to see and do better in the future so that when we do have our life review there may be less to review because we've kind of nipped it in the bud ahead of time.
1: Yes there are many stories of people who after a significant incident will make a decision and you get to go back in time and review what you did and make mm-hmm. a decision, I don't want to ever do that again, or I'll never do that again, or right. I, will, I will always be careful about. And that's progress. That's, mm-hmm. that's uh, depending on what your belief is, that that's kind of what you're here for. Also, you know, for many of us, uh, we have to think back on family members that are have been um, impatient with us or been nasty. You can have as much damaging... Um, Abuse happened right inside a loving family so to speak. So for those of you that maybe are future parents, you are undoing and not doing what you might have grown up with but you now you know you now have a, a rationale for um, recognizing it and, and kind of taking a shot at it. And I'm going to say I think we are coming to an analyst is anybody else something they want to say?
0: There is something I wanted to quickly something that I just saw today I actually sent it to my husband. And what you what you just said, so let me find it. It was just something on Facebook, um, but it so fits with this. It says, "What you heal within your health with what you heal within yourself, you heal for your entire family line mm-hmm. so then that 's exactly what you were saying
1: yeah, because abuse tends to go generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even the same kind of, even the same sarcasm and even the same nicknames get mm-hmm. carried on. It's it's, uh, it's something that people know about mm-hmm. but never talk about outside of the family. So
0: even um, addictions and things like that, if when you recognize it in yourself, especially if you're a parent and you do something about that and make a better choice for your life and then a better choice for your family's life, you then kind of break that cycle for your children and your grandchildren because they see something different.
1: Yeah, um, that also relates to situations where people have a parent who's an addict or an alcoholic Mm -hmm. in the 12-step system. Um, Everybody doesn't love it, but it's there. There's a point of saying that you want to let it go, Let, 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 let go and let God, but the letting go part is also where you look at forgiving them Mm -hmm. And just letting it go. But that ain't easy. But, you know, and I'll just end off on this one because I know about this. Just the the alcoholic who drinks, say at night, gets really drunk. In between the next time they can, until they can drink again, you'll find somebody who may not be drunk. But they're very irritable Mm -hmm. and uh, very sarcastic and verbally attacking. And they call it a dry drunk. And if you have grown up around this, you have that to contend with, and that's a tough one. So, I mean, I'm just sharing that there's all kinds of stuff we pick up in our lifetimes that we could work on. And now I I would end off at that point.
0: Well, thank you, Rob. I would like to thank you for joining me tonight. If you would like to attend the class, please check out the details at www.parastudy.org. And until we meet again, remember to be the light. (laughs) you. <laughs>